0: Hey, this is Dwan Hill, and you're listening to my podcast, Hey Wise Guys, ideas for creatives about what matters most. Hey, well, welcome back to Hey Wise Guys. This is season two of this podcast, and we're jumping in with an interview with one of the wisest men that I know, my dad, my father, the Reverend Dr. Larry Hill who I call Daddy. He's an amazing man, and I wanted to share my dad and all that he's learned with you. Let me tell you about him really quickly. He started off with a Bachelor of Science degree with the Air Force Academy, was an Air Force pilot, then became a FedEx pilot, and then got a Master's of Arts in Religion, and a Master's of Divinity, and a Master's of Education, and a Doctor's degree in Ministry. He basically went from being a pilot to a preacher and now a professor, all while being an awesome husband to my mom, a great dad to Marcus and I. So I wanted to know how he did it. How did he deal with challenges, what he thought about creativity, and how he raised a creative like me. So listen in to our Skype chat. This is Ask Dad, part one. Well, hey, Dad. Thanks for joining me today. Hey you doing? Glad to be
1: here. Thanks for asking me.
0: I just remember for, was it for your birthday or for Father's Day that we wrote that Super Daddy song?
1: That was, I believe, for
0: Father's Day. Got it. Yeah, Marcus and I, Marcus and I uh, if you guys don't know, are musicians, and we thought it'd be fun to write a song for our dad called Super Daddy because we really do believe that he has uh, superhuman abilities. <laughs> yeah, right. He raised us with so much care and love and uh, leadership and faith. And uh, we wrote a song about it. Thankfully, that song is probably not public <laughs> because I probably would not play it and will not play it for you all. But um, it was dear to us and, and we were glad to do that. So basically, um, like I said earlier, we're starting a new series today, um, conversations with people that I look up to and admire. And... Learn, have learned from a lot over the years. And I couldn't think of a better person to start with than my dad. Um, he is currently living in Manassas outside of DC. And uh, so he thankfully made time for us to chat today. Um, Daddy, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what's going on right now?
1: Well, um, my journey started very similar to yours, in fact. I was very much into music. I uh, started off playing saxophone. My mom was able to sacrifice to buy a piano, and my brother and sister and I started piano lessons. Oh, yes. And I ended up in high school with uh, a desire to major in, in college after graduation. But then I considered the possibilities of doing it for a career, and uh, aviation came on my radar. Some other things transpired. I ended up going to the academy, um, majoring in engineering, and then embarked on an Air Force aviation career. Wow. Um, after that, um, the Air Force decided that they had better things for me to do other than flying. And I didn't agree with that. So I decided to get out and go fly some more. Got hired with FedEx, flew around the world for you know, many years, enjoyed that. Um, and then life takes funny turns sometimes and transitions happen. Ended up um, getting a job, um, after getting a job with FedEx, I ended up um, transitioning into the ministry. Right. Uh, during that time, I ended up graduating from seminary, getting a couple of degrees, going into pastoral ministry for a while, chaplain ministry for a while, transitioning to teaching for a while. Wow. And what I'm doing now. I'm actually teaching uh, middle school and teaching at the Northern Virginia Community College as an adjunct assistant professor, Um, enjoying that as well. So that's my journey in a nutshell.
0: Wow. I mean, that's kind of, uh, some people say jack of all trades, but I think you're more than that. I mean, being able to be in music at the start and going and weaving through all those careers. I know a lot of people my age, some people look at that as a positive. Some people look at it as a negative. You know, some people would say that was aimless. Others people would say that was an adventure. <laughs> um, which one do you feel like it was? Do you feel like it was all directed, like your path was laid out for you and it was more like an adventure? Or do you feel like it was a kind of wandering in the wilderness?
1: Um, well, my perspective about life is that we have choices. And I think. Um, Because God gave us freedom to make choices, he also allows us to act on those choices. But then some of those choices end up um, having to be adjusted along the way, sometimes intentionally, sometimes for reasons that we have no control over. The the question is, what do we do with the curves that life presents us when they happen? Yeah. And that's where our faith in God comes in and how we um, rely on God's direction in many of those instances. So to answer your question, I think that um, looking back on it now, some of it was God-directed. Mm-hmm. Others were personal choices that I made that I felt that I wanted to make and sometimes needed to make. It's, it's, it's different than my parents' both of them chose a career and they stayed in it for all their lives. Yeah. Um, That's very rare now. Right. Um, And so I, even though it seems like I was wandering, I would say it was intentional on my part. And then in a lot of cases were um, surprising in a way that I didn't expect. And that's how, life is sometimes. We just have to rely on um, God's direction and guidance, in especially in times where we aren't sure what the correct or right choices that we need to make for ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's encouraging to hear because I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast, and myself included, sometimes when the path or the road doesn't turn the way that we thought it was, especially if we applied ourselves for an audition or for a job or ask somebody out on a date or um, just had a different expectation of how life would turn out. Um, many times, the, instead of turning right, maybe the, the road turns left or maybe we even feel like it, we go backwards. So how did you navigate, let's, let's say, the transition between the Air Force and FedEx, Because it sounds like something happened in the Air Force that you weren't really excited about that kind of pushed you maybe even to consider other options. So what is it like to be in a situation that you feel uncomfortable or not turning out the way you think it should, but still move forward?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's a very insightful question on your part. Most, Most people, when I give my resume and bio, they skip past that and don't even think about asking what happened there. But, um, and I've told you this before, my philosophy is that sometimes, you know, people always talk about finding the open door and new opportunities. Mm-hmm. I believe, especially in this particular case, that God sometimes closes doors to provide us a new opportunity that we didn't even know that was there. I agree. So, in this particular case, I was... I had my eyes set on retirement as a pilot for FedEx. I was just getting ready to go to um, we call it captain's upgrade school, where um, you go from a first officer to a captain. And once you become a captain, that's the height that's the height of your aviation career. You retire at that place. You can't can't get promoted anymore. So I was all set, and then I had to take medical examination by an FAA doctor, which is very stringent by the way, and I didn't pass. And if you don't pass your FAA uh, medical examination, then you lose your ability to fly again, because you have, that's a requirement. Uh, Once I lost my medical certificate, that threw me for a big loop, because all those hopes and dreams that I had of being a captain and finishing out my career at FedEx um, seemed to be disappearing. Um, so after uh, a while and I really came to grips with the fact that I couldn't fly anymore, um, it, was hard. Um, yeah. it was hard. It was hard it, because I hadn't even thought of a different opportunity, a different career. Even though I had already uh, pretty much um, started and I think I had finished by that time uh, seminary, um, I believe that that opportunity, that that closed door was an opportunity for me to embark on a whole absolutely different path of my life. And that ended up, that's how I ended up in full-time ministry.
0: Man, Uh, I have so many questions. Um, how old were mark how old was marcus and i during that time
1: uh this was in 2001 so you can back that up to whatever age you were that time. Uh, that was 19 years ago um, let's say almost 20 years ago
0: wow so we were we were teenagers right um i'm most people know that i'm a dad i have a three-year-old son and a and a one-year-old daughter and I'm walking through some of those same challenges of trying to figure out what exactly a career in music or a career in creativity or uh, now a career in ministry looks like. And uh, I, I, I see myself in your story a lot, which is great. It's encouraging to hear. Um, what was it like as a father? Because I heard you describe basically your internal dreams being shifted, but what was it like? Um, exploring or dealing with that at the same time that you obviously felt a need and a responsibility to take care of your family. Did you have any quick decisions you had to make? Did you have time to transition? What was that like?
1: Um, I I didn't realize it at the time, but, and obviously I couldn't, there was no way of me knowing that this was coming or it was going to happen. But reflecting back on it, now that I see that because I I had done certain things and made certain choices before this, God was already preparing me for what was to come, and I didn't even know it. Because had I not started um, seminary years back, I would have been I, my aviation career would have ended with me having nothing to fall back
0: on. So you started seminary before the oh, yeah. health check. Okay. Oh, yeah,
1: I was. It was. It was a busy time, and the fam, I, I think it was a sacrifice for me and the family because I was working at FedEx. I was going to school full time, and I was taking care of of a wife and two small children all at the same time. There were times where I had no idea what day it was. Wow. Um, and it was, I knew it was a sacrifice. I I I I wasn't able to be around all the time but i think that sacrifice paid off because by the time i ended my aviation career it it was it allowed me to be there for you all a lot more in terms of time
0: yeah
1: uh, because the things that i was doing you all were doing it with me as well especially right. here in the church
0: well so what, what prompted was, the seminary because you started seminary before you found out that flying might not be Right, the end of the career. Right. So I think that's a good thing to explore. What what prompted you to even start something without before you knew that it would be something you would lean on later?
1: Um, you know, I think I think God speaks to us. I think probably in different ways. Yeah, um, I just felt uh, some people call it a calling. Um, I think part of it was a desire on my part too. Even though this particular career I was in was more technical oriented, I always had this urge, this sense of uh, desire to do more in terms of helping people, um, to develop a way to make a difference in people's lives that I wasn't able to do as a pilot. Yeah. And so part of that was my um I, that's how i ended up going to seminary and part of that is, i think is because i wanted i knew that my upbringing and my faith was rooted in 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 church and i knew that was a good place to start i didn't know where we'd end up mm-hmm. but i knew it was a good place to start so that's that's how it started. And i started and and i ended I think for people that are creative, um, there's always a desire, a curiosity. There's always always this something in us that wants to explore more, do more, know more. And part of that was the reason I went to seminary, because I wanted to know more. I was curious about things that when I asked questions, I couldn't get the answer for. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in an environment where there I was around people who also had that longing and thirst for more knowledge. And that's why I went. And that was, that was a very, uh, enlightening and, uh, fulfilling environment to be in. And I've always, my, I've lived by this mantra. I, you, you learn to love, but you also love to learn.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting connection you just made there between creativity and going to seminary. Um, I know we've talked before about what creativity is and what defines a creative person. Um, and I think there's a strong bridge between being creative and being a creative person and being interested in a calling, for example. Um, I think a lot of a lot of my life, I've separated those two things. I'm either a creative person, I do artistic things, or I'm, I'm a minister, or I'm, a, um, I'm going to seminary, or I'm a fireman. And I think maybe we can talk about the connection. Maybe there's a bridge we can make there between creativity and calling. Um, what, do you th- what do you think about that? Do you think, there's, do you think there's a way those two things can be combined?
1: Well, here's what here's what I think the connection is. I believe, and this is this is a theological perspective about this. Yes, um, sure. in 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 Genesis, the book of creation, it talks about that in the beginning God created heaven and earth. So the creator um, was the was not just there at the beginning what but was the beginning Uh and then the creator created us right not only created us but created us in god's image so now if that's if we believe that that means that the creator in in us there is some of the creator in us which means that innately we all have creativity awesome because the Creator, if we're created in God's image there's some there's, there's that aspect of God is in us
0: yeah that's great
1: so the uh, so here's, here's here's the last part of to your question that because we are created in God's image, we all, whether we acknowledge it or even realize it or are aware of it, have this longing to be connected in an intimate way with the creator. Yeah. So there's a calling in us for the creator anyway. Right. So the calling that you are uh, talking about is a calling to do something. Mm -hmm. And, and that we're talking about a specific thing like ministry, Mm -hmm. but I believe that because of the uh, connection I just explained that we all are called to do something, mm-hmm. and what that something is is different for all of us, I
0: believe. Right. It's almost like we're called first to God. It's that the the creativity in us uh, is almost like deep calls to deep. We have a longing to to experience something beyond us, which is God. But he al- we also have a longing to. Um, use our hands and our minds and our intellect and our faith to mimic what God is doing. It's almost like, it's almost like you and I, you know, you're my father. I have a longing to be with you and a longing to know you from an intimate place. But I also do a lot of the same things. Our, our lives are a lot similar. Um, and I think that's what happens as children of God. We long for him, but we also start to do things like him. And I think that connection is really that that connection you just made is really great because it helps me not to compartmentalize my life to today I'm being creative and then tomorrow I'm going to live in my calling or.
1: Yeah. Creativity in that sense is not just something that we do. We do things because we are creative, Mm -hmm. but the creativeness in us is, is, it makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. So, So that's why it it manifests itself in different ways in different people, and it's not just about the arts. It's not just about music or drama or poetry. It's not—I mean, it's part of it, but it's a—it—it manifests itself in 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 all all aspects of our lives. It's how we think, right?
0: Yeah. Now I thought about this this morning when I was preparing to talk to you. What do you think about this? I wondered if creativity was really problem solving. Because if you zoom out from, I like what you just said, you said that creativity is not limited to the arts, like drama, music, writing, poetry, which I think is great. Um, so I guess my question is, can an administrator be creative? Can a fireman be creative? And to me, the link may be problem solving, like the ability to look at a, a, a situation and come up with a fresh new perspective to address that. What do you think about that?
1: Okay, so there's two aspects of this. I think one aspect is there are people. Getting back to what I just said, there's there's creativity, creativity, creativeness <laughs> in all of us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so, and 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 some of us uh, that support that, enhance that, develop that. And some of us um, realize that in us, and we, we work to enhance it in, in whatever way we can. Yeah. There are others who may not be aware of it, or they choose they choose not to um, act on it. So in terms of problem solving, um, it, the, create, the creativity in us. I think you mentioned this. It, it, it's not that I think anybody can solve a problem. The question is how we solve it.
0: Right. right.
1: People who are creative look at problems in a different with a different perspective. Right. They don't all. They don't come to a problem with a solution already at hand mm-hmm. and then work around that solution. Mm-hmm. People that are more creative come at the problem solving with many different possibilities and then try to figure out which was. Out of those many possibilities, which is the best one? Right. In education, we call that divergent thinking.
0: Mm.
1: And here's 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 how it manifests itself in, in adults, because there's a study that they took kindergarten children and asked them one question. How many uses can you come up with for a paperclip? Mm-hmm. And they scored... Ninety-eight percent of the kindergartners scored on a genius level when it came to this type of divergent thinking because they came up with so many different ways. Mm-hmm. The older they got, though, middle school, high school, and beyond, the less create the less, less creative sol- solutions they came up with. Wow! And so by the time you they became adults, um, you know that creativity for whatever reason, and there are reasons that researchers think that this happens. That creativity diminishes. So, so people that are good problem solvers find ways of allowing that creativity to help their thinking in ways that they look at problems in different ways than people that don't. Wow. And what what that means in terms of you know, I mean that 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 concept taken into uh, areas like ministry and church and even other areas of our lives can make a difference in how we look at our own life and our own life journey, how we, how we, how we, uh, interact with our families right. and those around us. It's just, it's, it's not different because people with creativity are different. Mm-hmm. It's different because some people look at things differently.
0: Yeah. And that makes me think, and be really grateful for, uh, you all, my parents, because I know and remember you all fostering that spirit in us from a very young age, whether it was, uh, investing in music lessons or I remember driving home from church almost every week and you or mommy would ask, what did you all think of the sermon? Or, or, or he didn't ask us, you all would be talking about it. And I I know that that fostered uh what some people might say is questioning, but I I look at it as just asking questions, a curiosity, uh an exploration of ideas. You know, if if someone read a scripture that Sunday and had a, a, a viewpoint or perspective about it, we had the option and opportunity to think about it. And in a safe environment, obviously we weren't, you know, heretics driving home from church, but right. we were we were thinkers. We were, we were um creative people thinking about it. So I appreciate you all fostering that. And um, what are some other ways? Cause I'm curious. I know that I wasn't the easiest person to raise as uh, cause I think if on the creative pendulum of things, you know, I'm sure there are areas that I grew up and kind of bucked systems and thought outside the box and did things that were different than uh, maybe other children would do. But what was it like raising obviously someone who leans toward uh, expressive thinking than uh, maybe a, a common rule follower.
1: Never a dull moment.
0: <laughs> yes. It
1: was always interesting. But that's okay. Uh, the, one, the one thing that I would encourage people to do is not to be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're in an environment, here's the thing, And and school and education does this in ways that stifle creativity in a lot of ways. Because when when people ask questions, the tendency is to give them answers. Mm -hmm. Um, What we try to do as parents with you all, when you ask questions, one of the first things I would say is, what do you think? Because my, my, my goal was to help you. And sometimes you may have to struggle with your own questions. But that's part of learning. That's part of discovering. That's part of thinking about things in different ways. And um, there was sometimes, yeah, we needed to guide you, <laughs> and you know, and just you know, uh, with ans- to to answers that will help you. But it wasn't always giving you the answer for every question. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard this. I don't know where it came from, but I I remember it. That it's better to struggle with your own questions than live with someone else's answers wow. Wow. and people who are creative they struggle a lot with questions it's almost like
0: they're open to the struggle maybe more than other people
1: they're open to the struggle because because when they find the answer is much more fulfilling yep. than someone giving them the answer and that answer is, is someone else's answers not yours right and here's the thing someone else's answers may be completely different than the answer that you would come up with right and and people that are creative that's okay yeah. <laughs> it's, it's okay if it's, if you and you, the question you asked me before what was it like i was okay with your answers being different mm-hmm. your choices being different and i remember one a good example when you were in college trying to figure out what to major in and things and i said well what about education you get benefits you get a solid job you know get the summers off and everything i said that's what what do you think about that nah <laughs> i yeah. got this music thing going i'd rather do that and yeah so my 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 thoughts about that were different than yours but that's okay yeah and 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 when people are okay we try to be okay with you being okay with different ended up in a different place
0: yeah yeah i mean i could think of so many examples of how that was beneficial to marcus and i and even in my life today um you know this podcast is called hey wise guys and i think wisdom is something that's really been important to me most of my life and i didn't really know that but i've recently been putting language to um why wisdom means so much to me, because um wisdom is I in, I guess in a short definition is is how we make decisions. You know, it's not just having information, but it's having information and being able to sort through it and make a wise decision from that. And I think as a creative person, it's so funny because sometimes I'll arrive at the same answer that someone told me. But because yeah, you of too. my bent right it's like i like to go through the process and get right. there
1: and that that process to get there was probably different right. than somebody else's process to get there right i'll give you a good example um of you talk about wisdom one of the things um you probably don't remember this but you were probably about three or four years old and we were sitting in the car waiting for i guess your mother was in the store doing something and you out of the blue, you asked this question, Daddy, do people wear clothes in heaven?
0: <laughs> no, I don't remember that at all.
1: And I was, you know, I said, where I was thinking to myself, where did that question? I have no idea where it came from. But, you know, those are the kind of questions you were tending to ask. And you would not let me off the hook until I gave you an answer you were satisfied with. So I couldn't, it was hard because I couldn't talk about immortality to a four-year-old. Right. I mean, I had to explain. I said, Well, my first answer was, Well, Duan, we we don't need clothes in heaven. But well, why, Daddy? Everybody else wears clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's this longing for knowledge, even at an early age that you always had. I think, I think people that are wise have to start with um Seeking knowledge first, because it's hard to be wise of not knowing anything
0: <laughs> right, right right right
1: so 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 I would say uh that's why I say it's don't be afraid to ask questions i don't I don't know if I ever gave you an answer that you were satisfied with, but because you asked the question, I knew that you from an early age were curious about everything mm-hmm. and that told me that told me a lot about how you were gonna end up in terms of um, thinking about things differently than other people.
0: Wow. Wasn't that incredible? You just got a sneak peek or really kind of a look back into what my childhood was like. My dad has been talking like that since the beginning of my life. And um, you know what? I know some of you may not Have had the same opportunity to grow up with a father in your home. And uh, I'm sorry about that. It breaks my heart. Um, You know what? I want to share my dad with you. I think this is going to be a continual thing that I'm going to do. We have a part two next time. I think it's important for us to hear from fathers and fathers who um, love their children, and love their wives, and love Jesus, and are committed to um, doing everything they were created to do. So so next week, in part two of this interview, my dad's going to share how he dealt with the fear of failure, and the fear of taking risk, and he'll also share how faith got him through someone telling him he would never be smart enough to get into the Air Force Academy. (laughs) It's going to be great. I'll see you next time.